Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Hello and welcome to Dead Bodies. We're so glad to have you here. We're doing a professional start to this episode because we're never professional in any of the other starts. What yes, do you reckon? Yes, we are. Good afternoon, Chanel. Good afternoon, How are Didi. you today? Thanks for having me. And today on the podcast, we'll be discussing some issues for the next hmm, maybe an hour or so. Uh, on today's agenda are two young women. <laughs> this feels fucked. So awkward. <laughs> who went missing in Dakota. If we were on the ABC, though, this is how we would talk. It is. Yuck. And it would be the Chanel and Diane show. It would. Yes. And we would have <laughs> conversations about things. We would. And we would discuss issues. Mm. No accents. What's on the agenda today, yes. Chanel? We're going to take a deep dive into... <laughs> oh, a deep dive. <laughs> yeah. You know, deep dive, it's, it's such a, a toss dive. thing to say. Whenever anyone says deep dive to me, it makes me want to die. I just want you to take a deep, deep dive, dive into the issue of... And I'm like, deep dive? We've been through this before. I don't like water. Uh, are you going first or me? May the 29th, 1971. South Dakota in the US. It was the end of the school year and two girls were on their way to a party, breakup party. Uh, they were on their way to a party at a gravel pit. I don't know why anyone would have, but it must be like some place where young people go and have a party, a cookout or something like mm. that. The gravel pit was in Union County. So the two young women were Cheryl Miller and Pamela Jackson. They were both 17 years old. It always freaks me out what? that 17-year-olds can drive. Oh, yeah, that's... In, the, in the States. In places so that aren't weird. Victoria. Because we're not allowed to drive to where 18. But is it sm- it's smarter, I reckon. Oh, I don't because know. Because we give people keys to a car and booze on the same day. That's Yeah, Americans don't give them booze till 21. Correct. Mm, and they've yeah. already had how many years of driving experience yeah, pre-booze. Yeah. See? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We just give them everything all at once. Take the keys, take the booze, off you go. I feel like 16 is too young, though. I don't think yeah, your reasoning reaction young. brain is working properly then. Uh, to get to the party, they were driving on rural, rural, there's a word I had trouble with, rural roads rural. in a 1960 Studebaker Lark. Studebaker? And you'd have to actually Google what it looks like, but I'm going to guess it's big. It's I'm a big to American up. steel car. If it hit like you, like it would dodge. mow you down. Yeah. Studebaker Lark. Studebaker. car is important. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, the girls, uh, I think because it was a rural sort of country kind of area mm-hmm. uh, or you know, out of town again. a bit, yeah. Uh, the girls, <laughs> I'm just saying it again because I've now mastered the word. Yes. They stopped a car full of boys to ask for directions. And so apparently they were following the boys because the boys must have been going to the same party. But the boys missed their turn and they had to double back to find the girls again. But when they went back and looked in their rear vision mirror, I'm not sure how that part of it all worked out. As soon out. as you said they followed the boys, my instant thought was the boys are going to murder and rape all the girls. Yep. When the boys looked in their rear view mirror, they said mm. the girls had vanished. Mm. And Cheryl and Pamela never arrived at the party. Okay, mm. so it's 1971. Yeah. Uh, at the time, so 1970s, if someone went missing, they usually would just say, oh, they've run away to the big city, especially in a rural area like South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't 
cases of kidnapping in that area at the time. Not a lot, anyway. So it was thought that they might have gotten lost and maybe driven off a dead-end road. One thought was that they could have gone into the Missouri River. Mm -hmm. There was no sign of either of them or their car. A lot of other people, the talk in town was that the girls had run away, but their friends and family didn't think that. They insisted that the girls were not the runaway types. Now, Kay Brock was Pamela's older sister, and she said that Pamela didn't take any clothes or her medication with her, Mm -hmm. which she says was proof that she was only going out for that night and not running away. Uh, The police, the girls' families, they searched every single day. They looked in every ditch, every ravine. They drove up and down the road for months. Dusty Pasick joined the Clay County Sheriff's Department in 1973, so that's uh, two years after the girls went missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And Dusty was elected sheriff in 1980. He'd send information about the girls to jurisdictions all around the country when unidentified bodies were found. So it sounds like he just did everything he could. You know, every time there was a report of a girl Mm. that might have been with them, he would try and see whether it matched up. Uh, Now and then he'd get a call about the case. And he said he would occasionally go back and research the area of the gravel pits just in the hopes that they'd find the car or something. But the entire time that he was there, he said there was never a solid lead. He said, though, it never went away. It was always on our mind. So fast forward now to the 1980s. And we've got new technology and computers. The Vermilion Police Department had aerial 3D photos taken of the gravel pits where the girls were supposedly going, but they didn't find anything. Another investigator searched the gravel pit area with ground-penetrating radar and metal detectors. Still, they found nothing. Then, in 2004, they got what appeared to be a break in the case. So, South Dakota, by this stage, had set up a cold case unit and they got a lead that led them to search a farm not far from the gravel pit. Esther Lycan lived there with her son, Kerwin, and police suspected... Kerwin? Ker- mm. this, yep. Mm. K-E-R-W-Y-N. Okay. Uh, the police suspected that David Lycan, I'm not sure if he's a son of Esther or whether he was a partner, but he, oh, maybe a son. He had grown up on the farm and police suspected that he might have had something to do with the girl's disappearance. David Lycan had been 16 at the time that the girls had disappeared, so they were 16 too at the time. Uh, were they? 17. Similar age anyway. And uh, he had gone to the same church as Pamela and he had gone to school with Cheryl. He was serving, so this is in 2004 now, he was serving a 225-year prison sentence for raping a woman in 1990. Mm. So investigators used ground-penetrating radar at the Lycan farm and during four days of digging they found bones in a septic tank. They seized a red purse that was hidden up in the rafters of the home. Wow. We call them a handbag. Uh, They took a pair of rubber gloves, some women's clothing, boxes of photos and letters. They returned for a second search three months later and they dug up two hubcaps and some car parts. So in June 2007... David Lycan was charged with the murders of Cheryl and Pamela, but he had nothing to do with their disappearance. The tip that had sent police to his farm had come from a jailhouse confession, and that turned out to be absolutely fake. The purse, the clothes, the photos, none of them could be linked to the girls. The bones that were found in the septic tank turned out to be from 
uh, turned out to be from a woodchuck. I'm not sure what that is. A woodchuck? A woodchuck. Is that a... It's like a beaver? No. Is it? I just love the woodchuck. word beaver. Yeah, I was going to say squirrel or something. Like a, yeah, like a... Chuck, you know, woodchuck could chuck wood. Oh, no. Cursed is right. Yes. Is it a beaver? It's a groundhog. Oh. It's close. It looks like a beaver. Yeah, that's see, close. See. Yeah, you can claim I'll, like I'll take fair. that. Sure. Uh, so the tank, <laughs> the bones in the tank were from a woodchuck... Uh, cattle, chickens, and other animals. So prosecutors dropped the charges. Six years later, so we're now in September 2013, a fisherman was near Brule Creek and noticed a car submerged upside down in the water. So they'd had flooding in the area and then there had been a drought and so that had brought this car up into view. The creek was less than half a mile from the gravel pit that the girls were headed to and the licence plate and a hubcap from the vehicle matched the vehicle that the girls had been driving. The car was pulled from the mud and water the following day and the remains of the girls, skeletons, Mm. at this stage they thought they were the girls but the remains were still inside. Their clothing was very well preserved. Cheryl's purse was in there, all intact, even her driver's licence, and it would have been a paper's driver's licence in those days. Uh, They used DNA to identify the girls. The classmates at the time said the girls had not been drinking. I need the Terry Bell. Ding. Ding. Yeah. Thank you. Imagine being a cold case detective where the most real evidence you'd ever find would be, what, a confession or a person who comes forward and says, says, oh, Mm. yes, this person told me X amount of years ago, X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then you're investigating this and you find them. Yeah. And just having to go and tell the family that you found them. Yeah, that you found them Mm. with the car and everything. Yeah. We found the whole thing. Yeah. And you would have to wait until you were sure before. Yeah. Mm. Um. So there was still this question of that they're sure it's the girls, but what actually happened? And the the classmates at the time, and I think the boys also, Mm. that they had stopped said that the girls weren't drunk, they hadn't been drinking. They did mechanical tests on the car and they showed that the car was in third gear, so it was cruising along. Okay. No one drives manuals anymore, but you start off in first and second and then thirds when you're cruising along. So it would have been cruising along. The headlight switch on the dashboard was on. Um, so they were fairly certain from that that they were just mm. going along. Um, it did appear to have been an accident. So the bodies were in the front seats of the car, mm-hmm. as opposed to you would think if something had been done to them, they'd be in the back seat or somewhere else or in the boot. Uh, they were still wearing their clothes. It didn't mm-hmm. appear that they'd been assaulted because their clothes were all where they should have yeah. been. It was possible, they said, that they, one of their tyres had blown out. One of the tyres was a bit damaged and the tread was very thin on it. So family members and police, they had searched that area countless times and they hadn't had any luck. So it was obviously just a combination of the wedding, uh, the wedding, the weather that had brought uh, the car to the surface. Pamela Jackson's father, Oscar, died at the age of 102 mm. on September the 18th, 2014, Five days before the car was found. Oh, no. Isn't that the saddest thing? And he apparently never gave up hope that she would be found. So they were able to return the girls' remains to their families for burial. And even though the case was solved after 42 years, it might never be known exactly what happened Mm. and why their car ended up in the creek. If the headlights were on, that suggests that it was dark. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they might have and, – and they were – it sounds like they were a bit lost if they were trying to follow the boys. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. That's so, incredible, though. Yeah. They found all of it. Mm. And still did mechanical tests on the car. It's quite impressive as yeah. well, right? But yeah. that jail tip, so if you go back to, you know, that yeah. someone that tipped them off, yeah. what what was that all about then? Like, did someone... Someone talking shit. Yeah. yeah. But how do they know that there would be a person... Stuff. I know, I was thinking that, but I wonder if they, can they use the internet? Are they just like looking up stuff or they, well, someone I don't know. tells them stuff? I don't oh, know. Oh, I see what you mean. How if did they someone... know to dob that person in? How did they, what was yeah. their thing? How did they know there'd be stuff there? Well, maybe they genuinely thought it was him, but it wasn't. Mm. Yeah. Maybe... Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Which I don't have an answer for. Okay. Google it. <laughs> What would I possibly look up? I <laughs> what am I looking up? E rafters. I have farm. feedback because we have so many emails. Again, I know I say this every ten episodes, but it always shocks me when I come in here and there's so much feedback, and I th- and I'm reminded that people listen to us. Yes, right. <laughs> Especially because it's our side hustle. It is our side hustle. Yeah. No hustle. We don't make any money. We don't make any, but we hustle to get here. It's like yeah. side passion project. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah yeah, 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 definitely. I love it. Yeah. Okay, I've got um, one from Andrea, and she says, Oh, ladies, I absolutely love the Elevators Escalator episode. <laughs> Have been sharing the stories and putting everyone of using uh, I'm putting everyone off using them <laughs> great way to lose weight over Easter the stairs it is just don't do an episode on stair deaths or we're all boned <laughs> we could Ooh. we should yeah people falling downstairs yeah um yeah elevators oh I, like, I don't have a problem using them now, but honestly, I wish people would not get into an elevator if they haven't had a shower. Well, I, yeah, I... Um, leave their BO behind. The, the elevator or the lift at work, for some reason, maybe it's always been doing it. Maybe I just noticed it after we did this episode. But when it opens, it uh, the, the lift is slightly lower than the level. And when I say slightly, yeah, I mean two centimetres. But now I look at the two centimetres every yeah. time and I'm like monitoring, is it getting more? Careful. Yeah. Um, Do you know, after we did that episode, I was just across yes. the road and I took a photo. Someone was stuck in a lift and the fire brigade came out with like an axe and stuff and they were just like, like it was nothing. They just carried it up the stairs, went in and like wedged the doors open and people were like filming it. Yeah. But yeah, they just like, they must do it all the time. It was like, it was no big deal to it's them. so dramatic. Um, God. On lifts, I've got one from Dice. Hey, ladies, just listen to your podcast and I'll answer the question for you about the tarp in the elevators. Remember I said it's like Dexter when you walk in there? It's all yeah. like tarped off. Yeah. It's to protect the interior of the elevators from us tradies so we don't wreck the shit out of it when carrying our tools and materials. Can also be to keep it clean after murdering someone in it. Oh. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I love that he wrote that, though. So it must be so they don't bang their tools all over the um, stainless steel in there. Yeah. I love it. Okay, gotcha. From Janine, I'm with you, Dee Dee. Bridgerton was boring. Oh, And it can bugger off. Thank you. I quite enjoyed Behind Her Eyes until the end. I don't know what Behind Her... Oh, I started watching it didn't love it. Oh, here we go again. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Negative. Just negative again. Nothing good to say over that side of the desk. Seriously. And from Jessica, nice things, nice things, nice things. I'm so excited to finally have a reason to write in. P.S. Cursed, you need to jump on full time. You do. Yep. It's true. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> no, it just terrifies. At least you got my name right. That's nice. She did. <laughs> yes, you weren't 
Kirsten. <sighs> Long-time listener, is it bad that I've been hoping to see a dead body so I could write in? No, it's not, Jessica. I started <laughs> listening in December 2019 and have recently caught up to date and then went back to the very start. Episode 5. Can't even remember what we said in episode 5. Can't have been good, whatever it was. I reckon there's a lot of sound effects. I was yeah. going, hammer yes. and sound effects back Fly, then. Zippers. Couldn't have been good. Sloshy right? feet, sloshing it, through things. It was a, a tarp noise that I had yeah. saved as well. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> It reminded Jess that she has a story to share. This episode was talking about whether or not a dead body gives off a vibe. Well, in my experience, yes. Yes, it does. Oh, they said, said, you know, if you came home and there was a dead body in the house, you you would kind of know. You'd know. So this is my story of finding a dead body, in brackets, but sadly not seeing. So 2018... The TV show House Rules was being filmed and the Queensland house was one street over from my parents. For those who don't know, House Rules is like a home makeover show, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. They were filming some of the final scenes, so being the sticky beak neighbours we are, we went and watched one weekend when the film crew was there. The house looks out to the water and directly across from the home is a set of four car parks where a van was parked. When we finally walked over to sit across from the filming, I noticed fluid mm. around the van no. and dark liquid. It's paint. No, from the blood. back no. that had dropped to the road. Instantly, I felt this wave that told me something was off and I just knew someone was dead inside. I tried to look through the rear windows, but they were heavily painted over. There was vomit and urine on the side of the van. Chess, you are my spirit animal. What she is, is like this? She didn't just back away either, can I say? She yeah. just back away and go, we need to call the cops. She's like looking and investigating. And she hasn't yeah. just gone, ooh, what's that? She's gone right up to it and gone, I'm finding out what that is. Right. There that's was, urine? Yeah, that's vomit. vomit. On the side of the van, um, so with the fluid out the back, it didn't seem overly promising. I didn't really want to touch it to try and open it, though in hindsight, I should have. The weird thing was... No one else in the street seemed to notice. It was a beautiful afternoon. Kids and dogs were running around (laughs) the van without a care in the world. In talking to a few of the neighbours who lived across from the car parks, they said they'd noticed it had been there for a few days. So she's now chatting. Yes. Yes. Just, just, Jess is moving about the scene. Hey, you seen so that van? What have you seen? How long's it been oh, there? Yeah, how yeah. good are the camera crews? Yeah, they're shooting that TV show. But about the van, <laughs> I love her. She said there wasn't a smell coming through it. Through it, there wasn't a smell coming from it. So I just phoned the police to report it as odd. You didn't, Jessica. You really got down in the in the. before you called the police and I don't hate it. Bless you for that. About three days later, the police phoned and advised that a male in his early 30s was found found inside and he had sadly overdosed. It made me quite sad to think someone of a similar age to me had died all alone and so many people passed by without a second thought. I didn't find out any other information and for a while afterwards felt the need to drop off flowers as a tribute. Totally get that. The weird thing was that after the body was removed, the van remained parked in that same spot for nearly a week. I phoned up again to question and express concern, in brackets, yes, I'm a Karen sometimes, same as you, Chanel. (laughs) I know. As none of the body fluids had been cleaned up. 
and it was still a high traffic area with filming continuing. I was blown away that it took that long. Absolutely, that's a biohazard. Yeah. I've attached some footage of the area where it happened. You can see how close the van is to it all. I've also included a screenshot I saw on a Sims 4 community page about how to kill someone. It made me laugh and I thought you'd all enjoy it. I can't remember if Dee Dee eventually guesses Chanel's dead body disposal location, but this one is actually a cracker. So that's my nearly dead body story. I'm beyond fascinated by it all. I wanted to do work experience in a morgue. I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, Um, not for me. I'm too scared. But she couldn't find one that would take her in. So she says she ended up doing journalism and ended up in real estate. Yes, there we yeah. go. The journalism shows, right? When she's like following up with yes, you. Yes, it does. Yes. That inquisitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. your calling. That's perfect. Yes. She goes on to say thank you for the check my boobs episode. Um, she said it was a real reminder for her, important to talk about. You guys are awesome. You got me through a breakup when I first started listening. Oh. I binged two weeks straight because I just felt I couldn't listen to music. Keep being amazing. Chanel, I think you and I are very similar personalities. You said that. Yes. And if I lived in Melbourne, it would be a hoot to hang out together. Yes. (laughs) I'm 30 this year and a morbid, death-loving real estate agent. You certainly wouldn't pick it. We would from this email. Mm. So much more I could say. Sorry for the essay. Please never stop the pod. Love to you all. I've and got- she did send that Sims thing and it basically says someone has posted on a Sims, the game Sims, yeah, right, yeah, where yeah. like you control houses and people. Um, what's the easiest way to kill a husband? I cannot drown him because they obviously want to get rid of one of their Sims characters. Oh. And then someone has written a full thing, inject, inject insulin under his tongue. That way the mark will never be found. Then drive the body two hours away from your house. That way you're outside the geographical profile for your area. Then dig a hole 12 feet deep, put his body in it, fill it halfway, put a dead animal to cover it. That way if he brings, if if, if they bring smell. dogs, yeah, 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 and she goes on to say that insulin will never be found in a tox screen because it oh. vanishes into the system. Whoa. And then the sign-off line was, "Oh, you meant a sim." Oops. Oh. <laughs> Very funny. I'm I'm slightly panicked at the moment Why? because I've just sent. Well, we've had an email from Ag Pickle Feet. What? Ag Pickle Feet love is the they. person's name on their email. Love pickles. And I love pickles too. Oh, yeah. I was saying this last night to someone how oh. much I love pe- pickles. Shit. I never used to. Now they're like, they've just grown on me and they're yes. delicious. Yes. Pe- Stop wasting time. This Sorry. is important. I've printed it to the office printer and Where's there the are office some printer? people in here. Well, it's just out there, but I'm worried that someone else will see it. Before. You go, I'm going to do Because I've done you both a copy. I'm yeah. just going to. Oh, okay. God. You go, I'm going to find another feedback. Go, go, go. While she runs to the printer to get morbid things off it. Um, from LMB, hello, DD, Chanel and Kirsten. This person spelled my name wrong, so Chanel. one for one. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Nice things, yes. nice things. My amazing friend told me about your podcast and I am addicted immediately. I am now listening from episode one because I am that dedicated. I'm excited to tell you I've seen thousands of dead bodies. What? My first was at 17 working as an assistant in nursing, in a nursing home. A woman had died peacefully in her sleep. My second, still at 17, working the night shift alone, I sat with a woman for hours as she slowly passed on to the next stage. Needless to say, I cried like a baby. That's a really beautiful thing to do, um, to stay with someone in their last moments. Yeah, for sure. It was after this that I lost count. At the age of 20, I got a job in a mortuary. That processes around eight to 9,000 deceased persons a year. Um, for my 21st birthday present from my co-workers, I got to see uh, what? I got to see and prepare my first bariatric decomposed dead body. What's that? Oh, I don't know if I should Google it. Go on. Okay. I will. Several years uh, later, I became an embalmer. 
Okay. Over the 10 years I've worked in a mortuary, I've become desensitized to emotions and death. You have to be this way to be successful in your career, as I can absolutely imagine. I've seen a large amount of traumatic and horrific deaths. For example, train jumpers ending up in multiple pieces, electrocution mm. deaths from train surfing. That smell will never leave my mind. Self-immolation. Im- immolation? I don't know how to say that word. Don't know. Car accidents, hangings, shooting deaths, drowning deaths, severely decomposed bodies, cyanide suicide, suicide, headless bodies, bodies without limbs, murder victims, suspicious deaths, and murdered children and babies. The list goes on. Woo! Oh my God. Hang so, bariatric, I've tried to just, I didn't know what the rest of it was. Yes. I searched bariatric, but it says bariatric surgery includes a variety of procedures performed on people who are obese. Oh, okay. So, is that something to it? Bariatric com- decompose. Decompose. My um, purpose as an embalmer was to make a family's journey through grief just that little bit more bearable. By the way, I regularly tested my boss and asked him if he would help me get rid of a dead body. His first response was no, but I eventually broke him down to a yes. Don't be too concerned, though. It's just banter. Anyway, I have so many stories I could tell. I would love to banter with you. Tell Tony, the voiceover guy, that his wonderful voice is smoother than Barry White's. Yes. yes. He, he knows it. He, yeah. Does. Yeah, he, he does. He does. But I would love... LMB to share some of her stories or his stories with us. Yeah. That would be great. Okay, so here's what just happened. Oh, no. So we're in our office, radio mm. station, yes. and there are other people here yes. covering football and sport and stuff. Yes. So I printed this email, which I'm about to hand you each. I've done you both a copy to, to our printer, but I yes. was terrified for a moment there that someone else might... Take it off the printer. I thought and you were going to say you yes. printed it to the studio, which would be where all of those people are. Yep. Yes. Is that what uh, you did? I was worried that they might go, "What the hell is this?" Yes. Um, so here, I'm handing you both the okay. thing. I'll read you what it says. And as as it turned out, when I got to the printer, there was all these like footy stats on it. It's like, oh my god, I'm so lucky. And Can it was we flip through this or not? Yes, please do. I'll read it as you're doing that. Okay. Uh, so it's from Ada. Uh, hi, Dee Dee and Chanel, and I'll chuck Kirsten in there. Dear. Nice things. My name, is, my name is Ada. I'm an American art student, an animator. If you couldn't tell from the little girl I made to start my emails, have a look at her emails. She's got a little oh, waving cute. girl at the top, and the hand is waving. It's that. as cute as can be. Uh, she says, I've fallen in love with your podcast over the pandemic and have been binging on episodes during my day job at a grocery store. Thank you for making my day less boring and a bit more frightening. I wanted to ask if either of you had heard of the artist Joel Peter Whitkin. He's an American photographer who I think you might be interested in. I learned about Whitkin from my drawing professor in freshman year who was showing our class some of his work while discussing composition. John, my teacher, actually met the man himself and his twin brother, who was also, you two are both very, very quiet at the moment. I'm trying not to make noises while you read. His twin brother was also an artist, although a painter, not a photographer like his brother, and he'd brought in one of his books to show the class. John had hoped to teach us more about composition through his well-composed photographs, and while Joel Peter Whitkin's work is stunningly well-composed, that was not what was interesting to me about these photographs. No, what had me asking my professor to see the book after class was the fact that Joel Peter Whitkin's compositions utilise dead bodies. One I couldn't pull my eyes away from was Man Without a Head. Yes, there I've just seen that. It's, it I'm is a man these. without a head. Another one is called Naked the Kiss. Man without a Head. It's Correct. two severed heads kissing. That one is particularly... They look... Oh, no, it's a bisected head. So it's a head that's been cut down the middle and then oh. made to look like it's kissing itself. Yeah. 
Uh, Ada says, needless to say, I was enamoured with his photography, had to know everything I could about the man, morbid curiosity at its finest. I learned Witkin was able to do his work with cadavers through a deal he'd made with a hotel in Mexico, wherein he would take unwanted or unclaimed bodies or body parts for his use in photography Mm. on a government grant at one point, I believe it or not. According to Witkin himself, his fascination with the macabre sparked by an incident as a child where he saw a young girl his age decapitated in a horrible car accident. In his own words, it happened on a Sunday when my mother was escorting my twin brother and me down the steps of the tenement where we lived. We were going to church while walking down the hallway to the entrance of the building. We heard an incredible crash mixed with screaming and cries for help. The accident involved three cars, all with families in them. Somehow, in the confusion, I was no longer holding my mother's hand. At the place where I stood at the curb, I could see something rolling from one of the overturned cars. It stopped at the curb where I stood. It was the head of a little girl i bent down to touch the face to speak to it but before i could touch it someone carried me away uh, Ada says, ever since learning about this, about Wiccan, I was hooked. I end up writing a paper on his photography and discussed him in uh, in length during a macabre art presentation I put together for college. So we will share some of the photographs. They are, <laughs> I would just like They're to hear on. that they are really full on. Mm. Um, I also hesitated before posting them on our thing because they are They're so... They're really full on. Are they too much? No. Do you reckon to post? I don't they, know how um, we do it with a with a warning. I have a question. You printed these in black and white. Do they yes. are they in colour when you no, saw them? No, black and white. Black and white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Good question, yeah. actually. Mm. They're pretty graphic. I've got from Jean. Hi, DD Chanel and Curse. Nice things, nice things. I saw this fun fact about Lake Superior, one of the North American Great Lakes. It's bordered by Michigan in the US and Ontario in Canada. And wanted to share. Hope you were all safe and well. And again, congratulations to Chanel and Nico. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Sending love from Texas. I love it when it's America. Same. Me too. This is Lake Superior. It has three quadrillion gallons of cold, in capital letters, water. Water that is so cold, a dead body will never float to the surface because the warm is never warm enough to grow the bacteria needed to cause a dead body to float. Morbid but true. That's very interesting. Uh, can I do one from Jordan? Yeah. He says, hey, guys, long-time listener, first time writing, love this podcast. Sometimes I don't choose the best time to tune in, tune in as I'm often home by myself at night, haha, <laughs> but the banter always takes the edge off some of the stories. Uh, Jordan tells us a little bit about geocaching, which I might just skip over because we want the dead body and it's right here. Jordan says, my boyfriend has seen what we both assume must have been a dead body. He's always had anxiety about people putting their feet up on the dash of a car in the passenger seat I myself used to be guilty of this when I questioned him about do you guys do that Natalia does it all the time it pains me I never do it I hate it you've got to be sitting yeah you've seen too many car accident scenes I'll bet um uh, where I, when I questioned him about why it was such a problem, he told me that he had driven past a fairly horrific car crash once mm. that hadn't been all covered up yet and saw what looked like a woman in the passenger seat with her knee through her head. Ooh. She had her feet on the dash and the airbag had gone off. <gasps> Needless to say, after hearing that story, I no longer put my feet up. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well from an avid listener, Geordie. Whoa, Geordie, Geordie. From Kerry, who is a regular chicken sexing. Oh, hello. Chicken sexing is a very specialised job and chicks are sexed by the feathering of their wingtips and chicken sexes are paid more because of their expertise. They can also be sexed by examining their vents 
do I need to explain that to? <laughs> or by colour or other means. My Malaysian neighbour who has chooks tells me that if you keep a rooster to make the hens lay, I'm no expert with chooks, you put it in a cardboard box and hide it in a dark place under your house No. until the sun is well up in the sky and it won't crow. No. But I think that's mean. No. Thanks for your dedication to we fellow dead bodiers. Wow. Do you want me to just finish on a little chicken note? Yeah, yes. Kerry, and th- mm. thank you. She is a regular to our listener to our podcast. Thank you, Kerry, for your support. As always, um, the first four chickens that arrived, poor Kirsten, she knows all this. Three of the four no. turned out to be roosters and have Not gone this back. Shit again. So we now have Dot from the original bunch. And we have. We replaced two of them with the twins, Mary-Kate and Ashley, and then the last one had to go back. Red had to go back and got replaced with... Uh, Red doesn't... They're not going back. Yeah, they're but... dying. <laughs> they've gone back to live happily at the farm where they they're came from. Not, no. And they... Shut up, shut up, shut up. Not listening. <laughs> and we now have the two new girls, yep. Black Betty and girls? Thin Lizzie, and yep. Black Betty is a chatterbox, and I okay. can play you a very quick bit. Kirsten's heard it, but she comes in... Chirp, 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 and she pecks at my feet, mm-hmm. and this is what she sounds like. Cute. Uh, almost sounded like a crow. I will say. She's not another rooster. No, and she's email us. Tim Lizzie, yes, do it. Well, yeah. it's, it's an order. Email it's us. Yeah, request. I love it. Please email, email the shit out of us mm-hmm. <laughs> about dead bodies. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.